You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 36, Bendy Kate. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. This week on the podcast, we have the one and only Bendy Kate. On this episode, we talk about how she discovered pole and circus while at university and hasn't looked back since, how she uses character development and storytelling to create her award-winning pole performances, and the budding Bendy Kate lifestyle brand that she is in the midst of developing and launching from her brand new office space in Bristol. And don't forget to check out Bendy's post-podcast interview on the blog at poleparlor.com where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And if you're liking these episodes, please share with your pole homies, and I'd be tickled if you'd leave a rating or review over on iTunes. So now, without further delay, here is Bendy. Kate to the Pole Parlor podcast. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for calling. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for joining us today. It's so great to have you. And we can jump right on in. Um, how long have you been pole dancing and how did you first discover pole? I This month is actually my seven-year pole anniversary. Um, so it feels like, I don't know, it feels like I started about a year ago, but it's obviously been a very long time doing it. Um, but it still feels nice and fresh. Like I definitely haven't stuck with anything else for this long, not even gymnastics. Um, I started at my university. There was this um, pole dancing society and I thought it sounded like the best thing ever. I... I thought it would be really gymnastic and teach me a little bit how to be sexy. So I signed up to the taster and I, I loved it ever since. That's, I've never heard that universities, where was this? All over England, they really? have them. Yes. So um, this is Bristol, yes. but now I teach workshops at Newcastle, Liverpool Uni, Essex Uni. Almost every university has a pole dancing society. That's it's really unbelievable. Cool. It's like, it's like you could have a chess society and then a pole dancing society next door. It's really nice. Oh, wow. And so you mentioned that you thought it was going to be more gymnastics. Is that kind of what your background is in? Is that how long yeah. have you, did you do gymnastics for since a kid? <laughs> I can see a cat in the background. She's there. That's <laughs> Pussifer. Just ignore her. <laughs> She's probably um, looking for your dog who was in the background before. <laughs> She's still there. <laughs> um, I, I did kind of I did acrobatics um but I I I was very good but I quit um for a long time which I shouldn't have really done but when you're young you don't really make the best decisions so I did it from 10 to 13 and then when I was 13 I decided I wanted to go to the cinema I wanted to have a boyfriend I wanted to have nights off so I quit and then I went back from 16 to 17 and I coached from 17 to 18 years old 
Um, so it's not like I spent my whole life being a gymnast. I wish I did because I would probably be a lot better now. Um, but I also, I think if I was um, doing gymnastics for such a long time as a kid, I might not be doing pole dancing as a job now. Like it might have ruined the fun um, performing that much or training that hard for so many years. So I guess everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it seems like the perfect balance where you had the taste for it. You felt that you could join the pole dance society at school. And you also do aerial and hand balancing. Um, Is that something that you looked into once you started pole um, that you thought like, okay, I want to expand my talents? Um, I think a lot of people think I was bred into the circus family, which yeah. I definitely wasn't. My mom is a doctor. My dad is a doctor. My grandpa is a doctor. My brother is a doctor. So I definitely was not bred in a circus <laughs> like most people think. Um, I started rope a year after I started pole because my one of my best friends had booked a lesson. And then she rung up to say, I can't do the lesson. Do you want to have it? And I just thought, yeah, that'd be great for my conditioning. I'll, I'll maybe get better at pole. And then I went and I ended up becoming best friends with the teacher. And we, she kind of felt a bit weird teaching me because I would teach her handstands and then she would teach me aerial. And she just said at the end, like, let's just train together. Let's not, let's not take any payments. Let's not do it officially. Let's just train together. And then we ended up doing aerial together. And I literally learned all my circus skills um, very quickly, just from being around others, not not necessarily from lessons, just from jamming with other professionals. And through doing that, through hanging out with this girl called Anna, um, I got scouted by another circus company who hired me to do acrobatics for the year. And that is how I got into professional circus performing, um, literally doing this acrobatics job all around the world with this guy in a snow globe. That was the act. We would do acrobatics together in a giant inflatable snow globe and there was like glitter falling on our heads. Amazing. And we had to act all lovey-dovey. So I did that for a year and that was a really good stepping stone in the performing industry for me. So it seems like it all kind of came about around the same time within a couple years. Were you Um, going to school to be a doctor? Like, no. like the family? <laughs> what were you in school for? Um, I was studying physiotherapy. Oh, so and I started pole in my second year of physio. And then in my third year, I remember I was already traveling with pole dancing. I used to travel with ex-pole a lot and do lots of shows for them. And I was in Germany writing my dissertation in the mornings before I was performing all day. So I remember trying to juggle these two lives. Um, and then literally when I graduated, I had this panic what do I do with my life? Oh my God, I've got to find a job, got to earn some money. How is this going to happen? And I got a job with that circus company within weeks of graduating. So I decided, okay, I'm going to do this for a year, see how it goes, have some fun. I kind of considered it as a gap year because I hadn't taken one of those yet. And then I always planned to go back to university to do a master's degree um, just to further my qualifications. And I just kept performing ever since and teaching more. And so I never went back to do the masters. But you're right, everything did kind of just have a knock-on effect um, around that time, around the end of my university degree is when this career started growing. It's quite strange and very unexpected. (laughs) Yeah, and it's been working so well for you, though. I mean, it's almost like, you know, this was definitely what you were destined to do to that's it's to be traveling with Expo after just a year really of training as a 
pole dancer is pretty impressive. So uh, I think you definitely focused on the right thing. But I can't imagine, I mean, you still have your um, certificate in the sports therapy and rehabilitation. So that has to, do you think that that has actually helped you still in terms of like your training, right? Um, Well, I'll be honest with you. You are never good to yourself. So if you have an injury or you have an illness or you're tired, you are, you are the worst person to like look after yourself. You're like, oh, I'll be okay. And it's really hard to self-diagnose. But on the other hand, I'm very good at looking out for my students. I'm very good at looking after other people and giving them advice. But you know how it is. You never, you never really look after yourself as well as you look after others when, it's, when it comes to your body. Um, it's helped me a lot with the book writing. Um, my next book has a lot of theory in, and the following book is going to have even more theory um, about the body, anatomy, injuries, um, and having such a great understanding and such a great passion for it uh, really helps make it easy, and it makes writing so easy as well. So it's obviously helpful, but um, hard to. I, I didn't end up working professionally for long as a sports therapist because I found it really hard to juggle two massive passions. So I decided to put that on the lowdown for a couple of years. And then when I'm, I don't know, really old or really tired or don't know what to do next or want children, then I will go back to those those roots and slightly less on the pole dancing, but still obviously be involved. Yeah, I mean, there's no rush eh, to get into, you know, your quote unquote professional career because you have a professional career. It's just we change professional careers, but I do think there's so few people that are qualified in both that have um, the sports therapy background, but also do what we do. So you kind of can speak to that so directly that as Mm -hmm. opposed to a sports therapist who has never pulled in. So um, I think you found your niche right there. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to work with professional athletes, especially ones that use a lot of flexibility and a lot of strength in extreme ranges because that's when the physios will say to you like oh um you shouldn't stretch really or yeah you shouldn't be doing that with your arms over your head because they've never done it they don't understand that it's the nature of the sport to stretch for these things and yeah they they can't quite um give an all-round opinion because they don't fully understand the requirements of the sport exactly exactly and I mean obviously your name is Bendy Kate um, how did you, who gave you that nickname? How did you earn that? Um, it definitely wasn't me who named <laughs> myself that. Um, one of my best friends at the time, well, she's my best friend now, but at the time she was um, the manager of the studio Spin City in Bristol, where I used to go as a student. And I think people had been whispering about me because I literally came to this pole class, this little young blonde girl, and I was like doing handstands and things I shouldn't have been doing. And I couldn't remember anything we learned in the first lesson. So when I went to practice, I was just throwing myself around the pole and trying to do the gymnastics things I used to do because I literally just didn't know any better, but I really wanted to train. I really wanted to get good at this. And people would say, what are you doing? What's that move? And I was just like, I have no idea. I'm just throwing myself around it. I really couldn't tell you what it's called. And so I think the manager had heard about me and um, there are so many Kates at that studio. So there's Kate uh, J at the time. She's now Kate Edwards. So we nicknamed them all. Kate uh, P. We have Cat. We have Kath. Uh, 
there is a Katie at the other studio. So there's so many Kates, Catherine's, Katie's. So when I finally met the manager, she said to me, she's like, what's your name? I said, oh, hi, my name's Kate. And she just said, there's too many Kates here. I'm going to call you Bendy. And that's literally how it started. And it started to become my stage name because um, the compares would like have the, have the list of who's performing and they'd be like, oh, shit, how do I say your name? And they'd come over to me and say, what is this last name? Because my last name is Chepulkowski. Oh, and tough. on paper, there's like a, a Z in there at the beginning. Uh, it's pronounced Kos instead of like all as it's written. So it's really confusing. And then my friends would just say to the compares, oh, just call her Bendy. And then when the compare would read out my name, they would say Bendy Kate because they probably felt too informal saying, here's Bendy <laughs> when I was performing. So it, that's how it stuck. Really random scenario. I definitely didn't think, I'm really flexible. I'm going to call myself Bendy. It was just some, a nickname that happened. And all my best friends call it me now and have been doing for seven years. It's stuck. Yeah. I mean, when you're given a name, it's, it feels a lot more real than like a self-proclaimed nickname. So that's cool, but they like nailed it. So, um, (laughs) either nickname's fine, but, um, so yeah, so you traveled with the circus for a while. We're dancing in a snow globe for a while. When did you kind of come into, um, teaching at your studio did you just start doing that it sounds like within a couple years as well or um was there Um, kind of like a okay I went from circus to being um more pole focused and then more settled in a studio or take us on that journey okay so the first year of me being a professional like traveling and doing circus I, I was mainly doing circus and then like a tiny bit of pole and I started, I was competing in that year and I was uh, winning things. I think I, I won the UK championships in that year. I came second in the world championships. And so what, for some reason, when people see you compete or see you do well, it, they, you get bookings, don't you? I'm not, I'm not sure it's the way it should work, but it definitely is like if you win or you get known competing, you get phone calls and emails, please come to my studio, blah, blah, blah. So, um, which was great for me because I was so happy to teach. Um, and then the pole stuff started going like this and then the circus stuff started going down because I just didn't have as much time for the circus anymore. And I wasn't enjoying doing the same act every single time either. Like with pole dancing, every time you perform, it's kind of a new performance. If you've done it at a competition before, you might adapt it. But most people bring a fresh performance each time. And I really love doing that too. Um, and it was very exciting to be asked to travel the world um, teaching pole classes. So it, I started teaching about a year after starting, and that was just little workshops in the, in the studio. And then after a year and a half, that's when I really started traveling. But of course, it started off small, like sometimes my master classes would be very busy, sometimes very quiet, sometimes people would cancel, like, and I want professionals to know that that's completely normal for when you start you don't have these massive full masterclasses from day one it it always takes a bit of time and it just grows and grows and grows and you shouldn't be embarrassed if your masterclasses are quiet to start with or if people are cancelling or just giving you one workshop it's the way it goes for everyone oh it's good to know (laughs) awesome so now what would you say like what's because you're full-time 
what is like an average then day or week, month, year look like for you as it is currently? Um, it's different every year, different <laughs> every day. I always say to myself, next year I'm going to be quieter. I'm going to take more time. <laughs> and then I'm busier year after year after year. So every, everything is quite hectic. And the thing that makes me realize this the most is like boring jobs, like when you're doing your mileage or your counts and you think, oh my God, I went here, then to here, and then I flew here. Every day, I'm really traveling a lot, even if it's just in England or going to airports. It's a really hectic lifestyle. But I think I would go crazy if I didn't have a hectic lifestyle at the same time. I like being busy. Um, so I travel all around Europe most weekends. Um, because I am living in Europe, not going to be Europe for that much longer um, <laughs> because of Brexit, not me moving. Oh, I was, that's yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> I um, thought we were getting some some hard-hitting news right now. <laughs> Benny Kate's moving somewhere. No, okay, yes, you're just no. uh, in Britain, we'll call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So it's very easy for me to just get on a plane, go to a country, yeah. come back, see my dog, do my washing, and work through the week. Whereas other traveling pole dancers will have to tour for months and months because mm -hmm. they're coming from America or they're coming from Australia. So I'm very lucky to be so close to all the European countries um, because I love coming home as well. I, I don't like going away for months and months. I have a life back here. I have a dog, I have a boyfriend, a flat. So I like to take care of that stuff as well. Um, but recently, my life has changed a little bit because I'm focusing more on, on the shop and the website and stuff like that. So I've just got an office, and this is so bizarre. Ooh. <laughs> I, have, I have like a, a new office. I've only had it for two weeks. Half of it is a really beautiful training space and photography studio, so I can do all my next book shoots from there. I can do um, like show reels and live stream stretching classes and stuff like that. And then the other half is just a, a normal office with desks and chairs and lots of products and stock. Oh so, my um, gosh, that's like a dream. I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I posted a video today saying, oh, just training in the office, and people must be like, where is my flying pole in my <laughs> office? <laughs> Best office ever. <laughs> but oh, yeah, congratulations. Um, I'm that's taking a slightly different direction, but still, still going to be touring. But um, also focusing on the future, and I'd really like to make a big, big brand out of, yeah. out of what is happening now. Yeah, I, I've noticed that, and I want to get to that in a second. But real quick, I'm curious, what would you say the percentage of time you spend traveling, just out of curiosity, like per year? Mm, I think it's, um, it's about a third okay. of the whole year. So it's not basically um, in England, you have to be in the country a certain amount of days to pay to pay tax, to be eligible to pay tax and to be a UK citizen. And I calculate each year, like, do I have to pay tax? Am I in England that much? And I'm always just below the threshold. So it's like, I think it's half, you have to be out of the country for like more than half the time. And then that's the threshold, but I'm always just below. Okay. So bear in mind, I'm just going away for a weekend or a week usually, every 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 week, every two weeks. So I have like the at least days. four days back home. 
sometimes just one day and I'm like, go, 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 go. Feed the dog, kiss the boyfriend, get back out there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, when you're traveling, is it mostly workshops or are you still doing a lot of performing and um, what is the balance with that? Um, in back in the day, it used to be more performing Mm -hmm. and now I get booked up so far in advance for workshops. I can't take that many performances on, which is a bit of a shame because I, I love, I love performing as well. And I love going to somewhere just to perform rather than to teach all day and then do a show at night for this party that they're having. Um, so the, the performances that I'm doing at the minute, are mainly like pole competitions or pole showcases. Um, but December is a really nice month for me. I take the whole month off of workshops and I usually get a contract in England where I perform every night at the same venue and it's for people's Christmas parties. So it's very funny. They, they come in and they have all these drinks and a, and a theme for the evening and they have to wear that dress code um, mine is movies, like premiere movies, like you're going to the premiere of a movie. Yeah. And um, you have canapes, um, singers, entertainment. Uh, then you sit down for a three-course meal. And in between the courses, that's when you get your circus performers and your acrobats coming on stage. And most people keep eating their food. Some people absolutely love it. <laughs> so, um, and then and they, you have to like integrate with them and do hangabout and yeah it's really nice but it's really nice um, doing the same thing every night and really polishing a routine and getting so fit over Christmas I feel so great once I finish my contract. That's like the opposite of the rest things. of the world. Yeah, the yeah, rest of us are that, like getting fat over Christmas. <laughs> after my contract, I get. <laughs> <on it. laughs> oh my gosh! So that's like a thing. In England, like that's a really common way to throw a holiday party because I've been to many holiday parties here um, at the many different corporate offices I've worked at and I have never seen a pole dancer. I would be so pumped if that happened. (laughs) Um, It's quite common here, but it's like, I think it's not the done thing. I think most people for their Christmas parties, for their work, would book at a restaurant or a a pub for the night, but it's just... It's just this clever company called Best Parties Ever that have set up this the, these marquees in every city that bring people in with their big offices and multiple different offices at the same night or big corporate companies. Yeah, um, yeah it's nice. A lot of people recognize me as well. A lot of people will be like, I'm sure that was Bendy K on stage, <laughs> my Christmas dinner. And some people say like, my boyfriend's watching you right now. So it's nice. Um how many pole dancers and people related to pole dancers there are that get to see these shows as well. Yeah, that's really cool. I love how you're able to mix it up. So you're kind of always keeping your career very um, like dynamic and never getting stale. You, I, I love... Think you have to have multiple lives when you do this kind of thing, like, like a cat in a different way. You just have to um, have like lots of things that you're doing at the same time, not relying on just one thing for your sanity and also for your security. I think that's such smart advice, Bendy. Wow. Um, cause I think sometimes we get focused on, well, not we, I'm not a professional pole dancer, but I think some people who have that aspiration think I just need to train, 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 train. And, um, when I'm not performing or competing, I'm training, but it sounds like you have this longevity because you've managed to kind of pace things out a bit and, and spread it out. 
I definitely wasn't like that a few years ago. Well, my my manager is, I think, she's pretty proud of her handiwork. I've had so many people along the way saying, why aren't you doing this? You need to do this. You can't perform your whole life. You need to think about your business. You need to, and I remember people saying to me, you need to make Bendy Kate a brand, not a person. And I was thinking, but I am a person. How do I become a brand? That's so strange. Um, but it has happened, and I've finally taken everybody's advice on board. My boyfriend is a really good businessman as well. He has his own company, and he's really helped me um, grow mine. Like, our business is a completely the opposite thing. But um, it's been really nice chatting to someone in such a in such a business way when, and, like, being interested in, in what each other does. So that's been helpful. But, yes, definitely at the beginning I was like, I want to train. I don't want to teach. I just want to perform. I don't need any any other jobs or, yeah, this is fine. I was very, like, laid back and naive. Um, but, and yeah, young. I just had great friends. Yeah, young. I've had great friends along the way that have just um, kind of made me into the, the person that I am today with, with my career. Yeah, I don't want to get into that. Quick question, though, because I love – watching you perform I feel like your performances are always so engaging so fun and um I uh sourced some questions and someone wanted to know if you had any advice for people who perform on how how, what makes for like a really interesting or engaging successful performance um for me the starting point is the music so not only do you have to be obsessed with this music because you're going to hear it so many times um, but it also has to like um, provoke this character in your head. Um, that's kind of, I don't know, it all comes together with the music. If you haven't got the right music, you will not be able to choreograph this piece very easily. Another thing is um, choose your theme wisely as to how you want to uh, interact with your audience. So if you're a very smiley person, maybe don't go for the really sad emotional piece <laughs> for your first time do something that allows you to smile and to integrate with the audience. Um, and for me, one of my one of my general rules is to do something different every time. So if I've done something really happy, I'll do something really sad the next time. If I've done something really sexy, I'll do something really quirky the next time. I'm always trying to challenge myself and try and leave a long-lasting impression on, on everyone. I don't want to just be like oh this is Bendy she's done a nice performance I want her to be like I want them to be like wow what what the hell just happened what was I wasn't expecting that so yeah my my aim is to make every performance that I do memorable yeah I think you hit the nail on the head there with the character development I think you're really good at developing characters for all your performances and that's what really kind of blows people away that makes it different from just um a really polished nice stage performance you know Mm, it's important um my dad is quite sweet he calls me the storyteller <laughs> he's like but you're the bold storyteller you've got to win he's always dad like, gets it. You're storyteller. <laughs> like dad it's not all about that <laughs> but yeah I um I don't know it's really important to me to to really enjoy the character that I am on stage but also when I'm practicing it like if you're competing you're practicing every day three times sometimes and I need to enjoy being that character when I'm practicing it as well. I can't just jump into character on stage. It has to happen before and I have to enjoy the process. It's great advice. And your parents are really supportive of your non-doctor yeah. career. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
my dad did quickly try and get me to do an access to medicine course because I, I did really well on my degree. And if you get like such a high grade, you can try and get onto medicine. And I was like, no, dad, I'm going to join the circus. <laughs> um, and my mom, my mom is really sweet. Um, she has a house in Spain and sometimes I go and visit her and she will drive me to a pole studio every day. She will sit and watch me and then she'll try and play on the pole. She's very sweet, very supportive. My, my grandma is um, obviously quite a bit older, but she watches my videos and looks at my pictures and she always says to me, you don't have any bones. Where are your bones? <laughs> That's my favorite saying that she says to me when she watches. I'm like, I have bones. I feel it all the time. <laughs> You're like, they don't call me Bendy for nothing, Grandma. <laughs> That's so amazing to have that support. And like you said, with your boyfriend, too. So I w I'm super interested how, you know, you said you've been focusing less on the performances now and how you're trying to now that you have your new office set up. Um, so what's what is your vision there? What are you trying to accomplish? And let's also talk about your books. OK, um, so with the office and what I'm trying to do and by no means am I trying to stop performing. I'm actually hoping that if I'm around a little bit more, I can take on more performances mm. and I'll still be teaching workshops, but I'll be a little bit more select where I go and, and everything will be a little bit more um, cleverly put together rather than me just going everywhere around the world. I'll be like in one place for this amount of time, another place for this amount of time. So it's going to be, even though it's very structured, it's going to be even more structured and uh, more purposeful next year with the teaching workshops. Uh, but my idea with the office is to publish more books. Um, I'm going to do about one a year at the minute and obviously second editions like the year after one has been released I will do another edition and I really want to make a clothing line and have a successful um, clothing company and I'm it's quite exciting because I'm, I'm just at the beginning of it all. At the minute I, I have a manager but I deal with all the clothing side by myself so I'm really loving designing. Have a little book that I I draw on little mannequins and I design my clothing. Um, I'm not sure if I'm enjoying product sourcing because that takes ages and it's really stressful. But it, it's all part of the process. So I am enjoying it as a whole, but it's very time consuming. And like one product can take over six months because of the samples and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, my aim is to... Be, there's a, a company in England called Sweaty Betty, and it's a, a fitness clothing store. It's a good name. Cute, yeah. Um, and they sell really nice, high-quality clothing. It's like Lululemon, but um, a, a slightly smaller scale, not like massive all over the world. And I would love to have something along the lines of that. High-quality, really fashionable, really original training wear and obviously specific to the circus, the pole, the gymnastics and the dance industries, because that's not what most, um, most brands target. Like they just do fitness and gym stuff mm -hmm. that they don't think about like how the leggings will need to move. Do they need to go over the ankle? Do they need to be this? What material do they need to be? Um, what is going to be supportive for the spine and things like, um, the neck of tops. So for example, I've designed um, a top and it's got poppers, but the poppers are at the side. 
if you've ever tried to do a cobra with a high neck cropped up on with the poppers at the back, it's really uncomfortable and you can't bend fully. So just little little designs like that, little changes to to everyday things is what I'm trying to include because it's what I it's what I know best. I've been wearing loads of fitness clothing for years and I I just see ways to make it more functional um still looking really nice yeah because you have um assuming like an aesthetic vision for it as well because that's probably the fun part like not figuring out like where am I going to source this button from but um (laughs) like ooh, how can I make this cute Mm, I for me at the minute it's like is this possible (laughs) (laughs) these really interesting designs that I can I can't sew very well. I can sew pillows and I can sew really small things, but I don't know how it how it works um, fully. So I have to speak to these companies and say, "Hi, this is my drawing. Is this possible?" And they're like, "So far, it's been all good." But um, yeah, I'm kind of thinking outside the box and not even sure if these designs are possible. But um, everything so far has been really successful and had really nice samples back so yeah it's not what looks cute it's just like I want to do this (laughs) will it work (laughs) yeah well I think it sounds like what's most important is finding the right partner to team up with that can kind of bring that vision to life and give you know practical advice of like well maybe this isn't possible but we could do it this way of this is what you're trying to achieve so I just feel like finding right people to work with and all different (laughs) you know, whenever you're trying to achieve something is so important. Yeah. And it takes a lot of um, sifting through the not so good companies as well to find those people. Yeah. It sounds like you're not pushing anything too quickly that you're taking the time to to do it right. Mm -hmm. So good for you. And you also (laughs) do like I know now you do um, like the athletic wear, like the back um, supports or warmers. And are you thinking like, broadly like that still um of doing the more like um fitness accessories as well yes I am okay I am trying to do like a whole round uh website like I like to think of everything as wholesome so my training and my teaching I don't just want to kill people and then they can't walk afterwards I want to make them feel better afterwards and prehab their body in the warm-up and then give them a cool down and just give them advice to make everything a round experience rather than a harsh experience. Mm-hmm. So same with the same with the brand. I want to provide nice clothing, but I also want to provide things that are going to help people improve their bodies and get better and, you know, help with injuries and help release their muscles. So I have lots of things coming, actually. They should be here next month. Um, three new products that are all accessories, not clothing. They're all um, stretching equipment. But um, it's taken so long for the whole process with the sampling and the shipment. Um, So they should be here next month and they will probably be on sale in the beginning of next year. That's cool. Okay, so you're doing like the Bendy Kate lifestyle brand, not the just Bendy Kate fashion line, which is really cool. Yeah. Because you even have a coloring book. Yeah, that's so fun. Um, it was just a random idea I had. Uh, I have adult coloring in books myself. I have mm. had like the the swear word one and the Animal Kingdom one, um, and I think it's really therapeutic. Again, this this whole thing of um, you having like a balanced life. So you have the hectic training and the hectic work, 
and then you can come back home and do some coloring in to relax you and it's still something that you really like it's not something completely irrelevant to you so again I think it's really good for stress relief or just taking some time for yourself um I had the idea and I spoke to my friend she said you need to get Joe Maudsley involved um who is this artist that does hoop um and she teaches pole and she does like pole assessments for people that wanted to be instructors but she's super creative and I spoke to her she was really eager to do it so we teamed up um I got permission from the photographers can I use this in a coloring in book and some of them were like yeah amazing (laughs) some of them were like what a coloring in book what are you doing (laughs) um and then we made it it took a long time but I'm so happy with it it looks amazing Mm -hmm. I like it's a product and I probably I'm like this about all my products but I'm really proud of it I think it's a really great product and I use it myself on the plane I think it's I think it's really really relaxing really fun and really beautiful things to make out of such a simple idea yeah and it's nice that you were able to team up with someone else from within the community you know it's always nice to be able to support each other that way yeah yeah exactly But with the pole industry, there's so many different professions inside the pole community. You could literally do anything like doctors or (laughs) artists or people that could help you with a computer. There is everybody in this industry, a little bit of everything. That's so true. Yeah. And it's nice that it's so small still that people are still accessible Mm -hmm. So, you know, oh, I heard that you are a really good illustrator. You want to do this color book with me where you don't have to go through like layers of management and things like that. So that's cool. And what are the topics um, of all of your upcoming books that you're, well, not all of them, but what are you, what are the topics for your books? So the, uh, the first one I released in April last year, that's called Advanced Stretching Technique by Bendy Kate. Um, So it's, it's basically an encyclopedia of loads of different stretches and before each chapter and each chapter focuses on focuses on a different body part and there's a little um, a little introduction to the body part to how my advice how to work it what to be careful of the structure and there's obviously an introduction at the beginning that goes into a little bit more detail and it's just nice because it, it looks at stretching differently so the chapters start from head to toe so they go through all the body parts all the way towards your toes even work on toe point and like calf flexibility and then they go into more specialist chapters and I call them bonus chapters so you've got things on dynamic flexibility active flexibility partner stretching wall stretching and the partner stretching and the wall stretching they're just fun Mm -hmm. and different and that's also something that's really important to help you improve something to just keep it interesting, keep it fresh so you keep committing to it. And then the final bonus section is contortion. So it's for those people that really want to really want to push their flexibility to the next level and want some more inspiration on what positions they can reach and what they need to be careful and, and what contortion is to me. Um, so that's my first book. Uh, my second book, I don't know if everybody knows because I kept everyone guessing a little bit, but I'm happy to announce it. It's called A Little Book of Handstands. And it's it's not just handstands. The really amazing thing about this book is it goes from every type of balance on your hands, that is whether you're upright, on your head and your hands, uh, with your elbow and your belly. So there's all these stepping stones in the chapters to condition for your handstands. 
And then there's loads of different handstand shapes. When you do learn your handstand, things that you can try to help not only just keep you interested and make pretty photos and pretty training, but also it will condition you for the one-handed handstands and the canes and the handstand transitions in the book. So again, it's really nicely set out into different chapters, focusing on different things. And the level is working up and up throughout the book. Um, There's even more theory um, in this book than there was in the stretching one because Everybody loves the stretching book, Mm -hmm. but one or two people have said, we want more theory. So I've included more theory in the handstand book and the second edition of the stretching book will have even more theory in as well. Cool. Oh, that's so cool. I need to get that one. My handstands are a little, uh, a little sad at the moment, but that's, that's a really good, um, concept for a book. I love it. So you're, you know, your books are instructional. Do you, um, you shoot videos, but is that another aspect that you want to start pushing more is doing like the, um, digital instructionals as well? I would love to do that. Um, I just wanted to focus on the books first because the books are an idea I've had for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and my manager does similar things. So it's really nice to bounce ideas off each other or to say, what happened when the template went wrong and when the border and the header and the footer. So it's nice to talk about these little problems that you don't even think would, would come into play when making a book, but there's so many little things like even just pictures shifting and you're not knowing how to get them back in the right format or like a typo in the middle of one word or something. It's nice to communicate with someone about those. Like, how did you overcome this? Um, I definitely want to do something along the lines of um a dvd i think there's lots of um like online training packages when you buy a package and it's six weeks or a month or blah 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 but i i want to do something different to that i don't want to fall into that category Mm -hmm. and i don't want to do something a dvd that's been done before so i don't want to do just a stretch dvd i want it to fall along the same lines of the way i teach and have really interesting stretching topics for each yeah. section of the DVD rather than, um, like, let's all stretch together, yeah. hold five, do this. I want to lay it out very differently. But at the same time, I really need to um, team up with someone that knows a lot about this because mm-hmm. I don't. I make videos on my phone and videos <laughs> on my GoPro. I love video editing, but... I wouldn't know where to start with a DVD quite yet. So once the second book is finished, then I can really go into things like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, when do when do you anticipate the second book being available? So I am releasing it on pre-sale in January. So it's going to be out soon. Ooh. Yeah, I'm hoping to get it finished by the end of the month and then sampled for the whole of the next month, pre-sale for January and then on normal sale in February. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just asking these questions because you say you have the studio. So I'm like, Ooh, what is she thinking? What's coming up next with the studio? If she has all of this photo space and, and all Mm. of this. So, um, it sounds like, is there anything that I didn't touch on in the, in the Bendy Kate lifestyle brand that you'd like to bring up? Hmm. Um, I'm hiring, this is, this is kind of, um, not super exciting, but it is to me. I'm hiring a photographer. She's a part-time photographer, uh, and she's going to be my assistant part-time as well. Um, So it will be really exciting to work with her so closely. And she's spoken about some really cool projects she wants to do with me and and things we can collaborate on in the future. 
and obviously she'll be there to take all my product photos for me and have really nice high quality stuff on the website. So that I find that really exciting. I'm not sure if anyone listening will find it exciting. I think it is. <laughs> she's a very talented young photographer and she's yeah. called Susie Bird. If you want to look Susie up her Bird. work, she's done some really nice stuff for me already. Oh, wow. No, that's important. I mean, I like how you kind of took us um, on the journey from the beginning where you couldn't even fill your classes, you know, and to say, you know, that this level where you now have a assistant and a professional photographer is not, it's not something that comes right in the beginning, you know, like you've definitely yeah. put in the work and earn it. And I'm excited to see like the high quality um, things that come out of, of this new relationship. So, I mean, let's keep it real. We love seeing like beautiful photography and, you know, it goes along with your storytelling, I think in your performances. So, mm. and is that kind of like, you know, I always like to ask what everyone's trajectory is moving forward. So it's really focusing, um, on what you spoke about the balancing of the teaching and the performing and the brand. That's kind of where you're headed. Yeah. Um, I want to perform more. So I want to do more circus performances. So my workshops are going to be obviously more specific, more um, uh, like in one place at one time, like I said, rather than me just flying everywhere like a headless chicken, like I have been doing for a few years. I mean, sometimes you just have to take what's out there, what's that, you know, you don't really have the luxury. So it's nice to be able to transition into that. (laughs) And then uh, the brand is exciting because I feel like I'm just at the beginning of something that's going to be really cool and really interesting and it's nice to think about it because I think about all these big companies and all these successful clothing companies or or just people that have written books or made dvds and that it's nice to um, imagine what it would look like for them at this stage you know just one or two people working really hard to try and push something like I, I literally work all the time when I'm at home and I'm working before I go to bed but that's what you have to do when you're a business owner right at the beginning. Nobody gets successful by not doing a lot of work. When you're self-employed, you really, really work hard. And that's what I'm doing at the minute. But I'm so excited to, to see it grow and then to look back at this point and think, oh, my God, do you remember when I was designing everything by myself, <laughs> sourcing everything by myself, like sampling all this stuff and doing all the modeling by myself like I can't wait to to look back at it in a few years time and just think I'm so glad I put in all that effort at the beginning to start this so yeah it's exciting in all aspects but I definitely want to keep my many lives and have my performing my teaching and my Bendy Cape brand as well it's good it's a good mix um so can't wait to see how it evolves let's jump into the second part of the interview where the standard questions I ask everyone and super curious who is Bendy Kate's pole crush oh um it Bendy Kate's pole crush changes every week um I I love watching a bit of everyone mm-hmm. but at the minute my favorite is Maggie Ann I really think she's she's so cool she's so quirky Um, And obviously beautiful to watch. Um, And obviously I love Heidi Coker for the crazy flips that she makes us all try. (laughs) Um, I love Natalia Tatarintseva's lines. Um, And there's, there's some people that are just such inspiring people. Like, look at Marion Cramp. 
Mm. She was one of my best friends and I don't know what I love more. I don't know if I love her on the pole or just her more. Like she inspires me in both aspects of her life. So I guess I like a, a little bit of everyone. Um, oh, and I really like Bryn Root as well. Um, oh, she's bendy she's, like you. <laughs> yeah. I, I could just follow her on Instagram and she could be the only person I followed and I'd be like, wow, I think all the stuff she's doing is really, really nice, really interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good diverse group there. And it's funny, we had Maggie Ann on the podcast and she gave a very similar response to you on what she thought made for a good performance. So it only makes sense, which is the music and the character development. So it only makes sense that you admire that in her because you guys value Aww. the same things. <laughs> We spoke to each other before. We're like, <laughs> are you like me? Okay. <laughs> I don't actually know her very well. I've just, I've seen her on stage at, at Vegas. Yeah. And usually I know everyone really well in the industry, but um, I don't know her very well apart from just seeing her videos. And I, yeah, I think she's amazing. Yeah. And she's a nice person. So it's always good to, to when you find that out, like, oh, and, and they're just really rad. <laughs> Um, so how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years? Um, there, uh, there's obviously this massive debate about the Olympics. I wouldn't mind it going into the Olympics. I don't think it would kill the other aspects of pole because I think those competitions will still live. It's like even though there is world championships in pole, there are still sexy and authentic championships. Um, the reason why I would like the Olympics to happen with pole dancing is I would love to represent my country. I would love to compete. Yeah. Um, and I think it's from watching the gymnastics in the Olympics. I just, I wish that was me. And, you know, that's really the pinnacle of your career when you're at the Olympics. So I don't think it would be a horrible thing if pole dancing did get to the Olympics. I think there was, everything else will still remain. There will just be this new style that would be the Olympic style. And that's what some people would work towards and some people wouldn't care. Um, I assume the tricks are going to get crazier and crazier. And I, I'm, I'm sure there will be double somersaults off the pole in competitions <laughs> in no time and like double twists. And then I think I would just have to be like, great job. I'm not even <laughs> going to try that stuff. Um, I even see stuff now from, from the people that are just coming into the teaching industry and they're, they're training a lot, like me at the beginning, mm -hmm. and they're coming up with some really crazy stuff, which is really nice to see. Um, what else would I like to see in the pole industry? Um, it'd be lovely if everybody stays very original. Like it, It's obviously not nice to see some very similar, similar things in close companies and it'd be nice for everyone to be so so original and innovative and you know to not do the same things because there's not there's not tons of in, not tons of um businesses in the pole industry so it's nice that they're all so different it'd be nice if they stayed that way um yeah i don't know i'm excited to just be in the industry and watch it for the next five years hopefully i'll still still be on top of my game and I won't slip off the radar at any point. <laughs> I don't doubt that. I'm, I'm certain that you will still be very much at the top of your game in five years. And it's funny because you can toe the line because you're also kind of like, you can be a, you're a pioneer. <laughs> 
And also then you can like still be relevant in five years. That's it's that funny time in the beginning of, you know, an onset of an industry. So that's a pretty cool thing to be able to say. And I would love to see you in the Olympics. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you have anything coming up that you'd like to share with the audience? Um, I feel like I pushed a lot of that in the beginning, but um, and you said you're not traveling. Maybe get how about get your office to hire <laughs> your company for the for their holiday party so they can see you. <laughs> um, well, obviously, yes, I'm doing the performing in my home city uh, this this Christmas, which is Bristol. Usually. The, the company give you jobs that are like two or three hours away from your house and you, you have to stay in random people's houses or Airbnb, but it's really nice to be able to stay at home for the month. Um, in January, I'm touring Germany, which would be nice. Um, I always find German people so lovely and friendly when I go there. Um, keep an eye out for the new book in the new year. Um, on Black Friday, I have a new set coming out. Um, so this is my Marvel Ace collection. It's my first um, completely designed by me crop top and shorts. And they have a little functional secret in them as well, which is kind of my style. You'll see, you'll see very soon Ooh. why they're so functional and pretty at the same time. Oh, I um, can't wait. Apart from that, I just have loads in the pipeline. And I'm just waiting for it to arrive and waiting to have the things ready to get them on sale or to release them or to announce them. So there's lots of exciting things coming. I'm just on on the edge of releasing all those things as well. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to put your website and all of your social media in the show notes so people um, can follow you if they're not already. I don't even know why they wouldn't be, but I'm assuming you have like a newsletter sign up on your site as well. So people want to like find out when these things are launched. So can you tell us your website? It's Bendy and then a little hyphen, kate.com. Gotcha. Yes, and this will be, this video is coming out a couple of days before Black Friday, so it's going to be perfect. So okay. <laughs> everybody get ready that, to spend money. I wasn't money. sure if it would be before or after. So I was like, oh, might be totally irrelevant me saying Black Friday. But it's good that yeah. it's coming out before. Yes, everyone get ready to spend some money. <laughs> And I have the, a, sale on, a sale on as well as the new stuff coming out, which is nice, uh, a book sale. That's perfect. Yeah, I feel like everyone's holding on to their money at this point and just waiting to see what happens. So it's a good opportunity, I think. So it's a perfect time to launch something new. So I'm excited to see what this like trademark um, customized clothing thing is that you're talking about, your trademark piece. So this will be cool. Um, and so before I let you go... Are you able to leave us with an empowering message or quote or story to sign off with? Um, yes, I have two things that I'll, that I'll leave you with. Um, firstly, don't be afraid to think outside the box, whether that is your life, your performing, your teaching, your company, like dare to be different. It will really, really, um, really benefit you in the long run. And then the other advice is to be yourself. There's, there is no one better to be, and you should never compare yourself to others. You should just compare yourself to you a week ago, or, or you don't even have to compare you to you if you don't want to, but it's really important to be yourself and to, to fall in love with that person for who they are as well. 
Oh, two great, two great pieces of advice. Thank you so much, Benny. It's been so fun talking with you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.